Welcome to the Reality Check Podcast. I'm Zachary Phillips. Just wanted to give a little bit of a content warning before this podcast starts. We're going to be talking about self-harm, suicide, and that sort of content. I go pretty deep, so if you feel like it would trigger you, uh, maybe don't listen to this episode. But if you need advice or healing or growth or connection based on those issues, this episode might be the episode for you. It's a response to a follower of mine reaching out in desperate need of support. So I thought that I would record this podcast for that person and then share it with them and with you because if one person's struggling in down this path, other people are too. With that said, here's the podcast. Behind a smile lies darkness. Looks can be deceiving. Behind a smile lies darkness. Lying through sorrow. Acting through pain. Lying to survive. Learning to pretend. Saying the right words. Diverting attention. I'm fine. I'm just tired. It's nothing. Don't worry. I've got this. It'll pass. Self-imposed exile. Hiding from the world. Hiding from myself. Time to think. Time to regret. Time to practice my smile. So that was a poem called Behind a Smile Lies Darkness from the book Bound to the Wings of a Butterfly. You can grab the copy of a book in paperback, ebook, hardcover, or audio, and I'll chuck a link down below. That poem. Behind a Smile Lies Darkness, and uh, relates to what I want to talk to to you guys about today. I've had a follower on my Instagram. Uh, The Instagram is at Zach P. Phillips, if you don't already follow me. And this person asked me, the question was, can I ask you a personal question about suicidal ideation? I said, of course. Um, And then I asked, do you experience, she, she asked, do you experience it regularly? If so, I wonder, could you, could I ask you more or could you expand upon what it's like for you? So I wanted to share a poem that relates to uh, mental health becoming so low that you're contemplating suicide. And I wanted to have a little discussion about how I feel about suicide and the impact of suicide and suicide ideation. Obviously, it's a heavy topic. Obviously, it's quite tough. Obviously, it's challenging. <sighs> Suicide ideation is a weird phenomenon because part of you wants to end it all. And it might be due to multiple reasons. It might be because you want to end pain. And that could be physical, mental, or sort of spiritual. It could be that you are struggling. It could be that you've logicked yourself into a dark corner and you can't quite escape. It could be biochemical. But for whatever reason, something bad has happened. For whatever reason, you want to end it. And then you start thinking about it. And you start contemplating it. And potentially looking into methods. You ask people. You research. And if things are left unchecked. You know, maybe you ask for help, maybe you reach out, but if things don't change, maybe you attempt. I've looked into suicide and 
suicide ideation and self-harm and all of that sort of stuff quite a lot because of my own personal feelings on the topic, but also because I've lost family members and people that I know to suicide. And it's a weird dichotomy because when you're the person that is struggling, you feel completely different about it than when you are the person who's lost someone. And I guess because it's such a final answer. If someone ends their own life, that's it. Nothing else can be done. And I've I've been there. I've been in a place where I've been self-destructive, self-harming, binging, inebriation, the whole bit. And when I've, you know, contemplated suicide and when I've taken steps to do it, because it just feels like the only way out. And, you know, there'll be thoughts that you could just do it. I've, I've often said that I'm glad that I don't live in a country that has easy access to guns. I'm in Australia and it's, it's, it seems like uh, countries like America or Russia or like a lot of countries can access weapons very easily. And I know that if I was in a bad mental state and decided to um, do certain things that would make, uh, make it easier, I might have taken that step in that instant. Um, because, you know, in the instant, you can have thoughts that are so strong, so overwhelming that it becomes hard to say no. And if you have access to a weapon, it can be challenging. You know, I'll be driving and a thought will pop into my mind of like, oh, I could just drive off the road. <laughs> it's confronting. You know, and then there's the other sort of thoughts that are sort of like a wishing for it, or like a, like idolizing it, a, a contemplating it. A, and then you sort of rationalize yourself. I, I believe that humans aren't rational. We've got like this 10% of rationality that overlays our 90% of irrationality. But what does that do to us? It means that we have thoughts that we post-justify with attempts at pseudo-logic. If you're feeling depressed and suicidal, it's very easy to logic your way into an answer that proves that that course of action is good. But any, I, I try to look at logic and go, okay, well, what's the realistic answer here? The realistic answer here is that, okay, I, uh, I don't have, you know, it's not the sign of health to idolize suicide. No matter what my logical brain is telling me, a deeper, higher level form of logic shows that it's not logical, that it's not healthy. And the problem is, is that you can sort of... Uh, Prove to yourself with logic that it's po- everything's pointless. I've got a chapter in my book, How to Get Shit Together, called Escape Logical Traps. And in this chapter, I highlight that there are certain sort of solipsistic views that you can take that like sort of can help you justify dark thoughts like this. So I'll share that chapter with you in the show notes. Um, but what I've realized is, is that when you've logically proven yourself into a hole, you need to take steps to get out of it using emotionality. Um, you know, like, what would your family think? What would your friends think? It will just pass on the pain, all of that sort of stuff. And if you're in a emo- highly emotional state and you're contemplating suicide, you use logic and you go, okay, well, I'm clearly not in a rational state. I need to take medication. I need to do therapy. And you do both. When logic fails, you do emotion. When emotion fails, you do logic. A couple of bits of advice that helped me was... The recognition that me ending my own life just passes the pain on to the people around me because they will be then questioning, wondering, and hurting. But also the idea of if you're going to end your life, you may as well try everything. Quit the job, break up with the person, ask the person out, write the book, do the speech, do whatever it 
whatever you like. Because once you're dead, you're dead. Simply put, it's a hard thing to swallow, but once you are gone, you are gone, right? So for me, that caused me to go down the path of what I'm doing online. It caused me in part to write the books I've written, to start the projects I've done, to do what I'm doing, because it's like, well, I may as well try everything. I may as well try the therapy. I may as well try the medication. I may as well try to follow my dreams. I may as well quit the shit job, right? So do everything first. Because what else have you got to lose? You can kill yourself at any time, right? Realistically, you shouldn't. <laughs> but you may as well try everything first. I read an anecdote that was describing this idea of people jumping off a massive bridge and the ones that do survive, every single one of them had the same thought going down. And that thought was, I can survive everything. I can fix every problem but this one. I.e., they're falling, they're dying, and they're regretting. I don't want to be that person. So I've made it my pledge to try everything. I've got a crisis plan in place. And one of those crisis plan options is that, is that I, I will know to seek help, seek medication, seek advice. I don't like taking medication for my mental state. I don't like taking, um, taking it because it, because of the side effects. They're hard for me to deal with. Not everyone deals with them, but I do. I'm impacted by them. But do you know what's more impactful? <laughs> Suicide, right? So if needed, I will go back on the medication. I see a psychologist regularly. I'm about to get EMDR therapy to deal with deep level trauma. I see a psychiatrist that gives me a Valium to take when I need it. I don't like taking it. As in, well, it feels good to take it physically, but psychologically it feels like a failure. But I'm willing to cop that to avoid the deeper failure of, in my mind, you know, deep levels of self-harm, inebriation, or suicide. Um, but like, I, it's hard. And and you know, me responding to you, the person who, who asked me this question, there is feelings of hopelessness. And it can feel like anything anyone ever says is just noise. So I like to throw, <laughs> I like to do the scattergun approach, knowing that, once again, the logic and emotionality. People care. You can improve. This too shall pass. How do you know it will pass? Because in the past you felt shit and it has passed. Other people have gone through suicidal problems. Other people have attempted or been about to attempt and then gotten better. Therefore, you can too. One of the truths that I know is that it doesn't, it, it feels like you are alone. It feels like you're struggling. It feels like no one else is there around you. But that's also a symptom of depression. That is also a symptom that you're struggling. The feeling of loneliness, of hopelessness, of pointlessness before you even try. That too is a symptom. So if you can recognize that and out logic that. This is something that it's like I'm trying to work with my brain. It's like I'm trying to figure out the inner solution to these problems. If you can work out and go, okay, yes, I've got a problem. There are problems. But like if I can step back just ever so slightly... And go, okay, I'm feeling hopelessness. I'm feeling worklessness. I need to do something about it. 
what can I do? This, this, these symptoms are itself a part of the issue that I'm trying to beat. So yes, it's going to feel worthless. Yes, I'm going to feel hopeless. Yes, it's going to seem like there's no point. I'm not going to have motivation, but all of that is something that will be fixed if I were better. Therefore, I need to look towards and be that better person. I just need to look towards and help myself become that person and do whatever it takes. In terms of what actions to take, I don't know. I I can't say. I just know that if you are at risk, if you are struggling, if you are worried, do what you got to do. Go get the medicine. Go to the hospital. Take the steps. It will feel like your life is falling catastrophe-wise. But at least you will still be in a place to make choices. Yeah? Try everything before you do the one thing you can't take back. Try everything. I know that when I'm struggling, I feel alone. I feel lonely. It feels like no one cares. It feels like I have no friends, no family, nothing. But when I reach out, people are there. But people don't know that I'm struggling. They can't read it. Mental health is invisible. Mental illness is invisible. Suicidation is invisible. The signs are very easy to hide. You know, cover your arms so the cuts aren't there. <sighs> Smile. You know, that's that's back to that poem that I read out at the start, right? <sighs> you know, reach out and talk. Take that step. Face the embarrassment. It fucking sucks. But ultimately, what choice do you have? The fact that you're reaching out to me now suggests that you want to live. Hang on to that part. Use logic to beat the emotions and use emotions to beat the logic. And aim towards an upward trend. Aim towards a better future. Take small steps daily. Let's talk practical advice now. Things that will help you. Now, everyone says all of this advice and it can be taken with a grain of salt. And yes, none of this will fix your problems or anyone's problems straight away. But they all do help. I meditate and exercise daily. Okay, and I do that because it helps my brain. I read fiction and have baths and do sit in the sun and pat my cat and do other self-care things daily. Because it helps. I practice slow, calm breathing. I see a therapist. I go for walks. I make my best to say yes to any social things that pop up because I know that they'll be good for me. None of these things on their own will fix all the problems, but they help. They help. It's... It's harder, and you've also got to recognize, like, over these last few years with COVID and all of the lockdowns and all of that other crap, everyone is struggling. Everyone's having issues. Everyone's dealing with their own crap. But the only way we can do it is to reach out, to talk, to connect. There are groups online and in person that you can get help for based around depression and other issues, but also around your hobbies, around things that you like. Find things you like. And take steps to join a community, online or in person, whatever that is. 
I do martial arts, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and it is both a physical exercise, it is a social connection, it is a learning thing, it's a hobby, it's great for self-defense and confidence. It hits so many marks. I would suggest that for people like me, that just works for me. Other people go to dancing, other people go to art or books or writing or whatever. Try it. I would also strongly suggest you journal. Now, I've talked about it in many places. And the book that I mentioned at the start, Bound to the Wings of a Butterfly, is a great resource. I would also suggest my course on Insight Timer on Creative Writing for Healing or my courses on Skillshare. I'll put links to all of these things. But the crux of it is this. You get a pen and paper and you write down how you're feeling. No editor, no filter, no nothing. You just write and write and write and write and write. And you don't have to show anyone. You could ritualistically burn it, flush it down the toilet or keep it. And if you do keep it, At a later stage, you can look back over it and correct it. And what I mean by correct it is you're looking for generalizations, i.e. you're looking to see if you said, I always feel like this, and you'll correct that to saying, well, sometimes I feel like this, or no one likes me. You might correct that to, I feel like no one likes me. Do you see how that works? And basically, you just write every day. The paper listens. It doesn't judge. It's great therapy. And in the same way you'll talk to a a spoken therapist like a psychologist or a friend, you can use the paper for that. If you listen to my past podcasts, I use the podcasts for that. So it does help. I want to thank you for reaching out because reaching out is hard. And if anyone else is listening to this and you are moved to reach out, connect with me. My social media is at Zach P. Phillips, or my website is Zachary-Phillips.com. Click the link in the show notes, and you'll be able to come back to my website and sort of find a way to communicate with me. But don't just reach out to me. Reach out to the people in your life, the people that you know practically and physically. Um, I'm just some random person online. I've got resources. I talk about it, and there's an absolute plethora of content that you can look through, that you can connect with. But it's important that you find people that you can connect with in real life, in person, that you can contact with and talk with. Connect with me. I will, you know, talk with you online. I could record a podcast for you answering your questions. There's multiple options that I can help with, but reach out to everyone. Reach out to people and you'll find that some people will ignore it and some people will respond. Okay. And, and those people that respond just slowly build it up. You can talk about uh, things that aren't related. You can talk about things that are related. If this podcast has helped you or if you need a intro, say, Hey, share this, you know, listen to this. This is how I'm feeling. I need to talk on this topic and share this podcast with them. Say, Hey, listen to this. It'll really help. Does that sort of make sense? So in general, (sighs) don't stop. Just don't stop. Recognize that no matter how bad or how good you're feeling, it passes and you will improve. And how do you know that? Logically, you know that other people have taken steps to improve and therefore you can too. Sorry to break it to you, but you're not that special, right? And you take that as a great, as, as, as a form of solace here. You can recover in the same way other people have recovered. Yeah. I also wanted to highlight the importance of physical contact. So one of the other benefits of a martial arts, of a sport, of dance, of physical community is the physical affection, is the physical connection, is the physical touch. COVID and, you know, Western society in general seems to isolate. We're very isolated. We don't really know our neighbors. We don't really know the people around us. You can go a whole day seeing hundreds or thousands of people and not know a single person, not being touched. We are social monkeys. 
So, you know, yeah, without physical contact, it can feel quite lonely. It sounds, once again, very small solutions to very big problems, but I have um, kids, young kids, and a family, and, uh, you know, a partner, and a whole bunch of other stuff going on, but I love my cat. Simply put, she's a warm heat bottle that I can pat that vibrates when she's happy, right? She purrs. It's amazing. And hugging her really does make me feel good. It's a form of self-care that I, I suggest to everyone who is struggling. So, yeah, a lack of physical affection, lack of physical contact, lack of physical touching is an issue. But there are ways to manufacture that without necessarily having to have a partner, right? Find find activities that you can do that give you physical contact and get a pet. Once again, nothing that I'm saying here is revolutionary. Nothing that I'm saying here will fix all the problems. But I believe that if you chip away and and, and aim for that upward trend. I, I was talking to my brother a while ago and saying how like I aim for that upward trend. Am I in a better place than I was five years ago? Because subjectively, subjectively, bad things always feel bad. Good things always feel good. And it's hard to know how I'm comparing myself to the past. So I look at subject, objective measures. How, mu- how much am I working? How much am I exercising? How much am I producing? How much socializing am I doing? How much meditation am I doing? Am I trending upwards? And if you are trending upwards, like that's the goal. It takes a long term. You know, the exercise analogy is here. If you exercise once, you won't notice a difference. But after six months, you will. So there's a lag between actions and results. If you implement the things that I'm suggesting here, if you take actions, you may not notice a difference for months. But eventually, it will accumulate and you'll feel better. And that's all you can do. I've mentioned this in this podcast, but I want to mention it again and sort of dig down into how to just talk about mental health. Talk about suicide openly, calmly, and honestly. And like One of the things I suggest is, is like you've got to get the conversation started. And unfortunately, it has to come from you, the person who's struggling. I know that I, f- I can feel like the world, my world, my brain, everything is catastrophe. Everything is going wrong. I can be on the verge of wanting to end my life, to inebriate myself, to cut myself. But no one seems to be able to see it. And I know that from the other perspective, other people have been struggling and I've missed it. And that tells me something. It tells me that it is on me to start the conversation. It's on me to foster a safe environment to talk about it. It's on me to reach out. Because I also know that when I do explicitly reach out, people do respond and they are there for me. But people don't know what to do. So it comes, there's a couple of things I've learned that I have to really cut my ego and be like, hey, this is the reality of how I'm feeling. Hey, this is what I need. Hey, I'm struggling. And it hurts. It hurts on such a deep level to admit that. And some people will respond poorly. I've reached out to people. I've explained my situation to people and some people have left my life because of it, but other people have leaned in. (sighs) How do you, how do you talk about it openly and safely? How do you talk about this sort of stuff in a way that's going to be successful? It's hard. It is very hard to do so. 
And all I can suggest is, is that you practice it. So I post stuff online and I know that people are watching and reading and listening because I sort of, it sort of comes back to me. But I'm, I'm a sort of a special case in the sense that I'm okay to share and talk openly and honestly online in such a massive public space. So it's, it's hard for me to be or put myself back in that quote normal situation because to me, I'm just like, yeah, this is reality. This is it. If people ask me how I'm feeling, I don't lie anymore. I won't sugarcoat it. It's like, yeah, I was feeling shit. Because in the same way that like, you know, as I'm recording this, I have, um, I'm, I'm on crutches. I can't walk. I can't put weight on my foot. It's wrapped. I thought I broke my ankle, but I, it's a ligament tear. Very painful. But it's obvious to people. People can see my struggle. They're holding doors open for me. They're carrying stuff for me. It's been amazing. People are super caring. But that's because they recognize the problem. They can see the problem. and They can easily empathize with the problem. Everyone's hurt themselves, so it's easy to understand. But with mental stuff, there's a stigma around it. People are shamed based on the past stuff, based on their parents, based on upbringing, based on a variety of things. Culturally, we feel ashamed. It feels like weakness. You know, I've injured myself, but it's just pain. But we've all felt pain, and we all know what pain's like, but not everyone suffers in the same way we suffer mentally. And the thing that's suffering is us. More than our body is us. You know, I'm the thing with the sore ankle. I'm not a sore ankle. But it feels more like I'm the thing that is depressed, or I am depression, right? So it's hard to disconnect. It's hard for people to relate to that. On a, on a, on a, on a sort of a meditation, spiritual slash uh, detachment perspective, though, you can play a little game with yourself. Once again, these are all little tips and tricks that help me in a small way. So I employ them all, all at once. <laughs> and the trick is this, it's, I'm depressed. That thought becomes, I'm feeling depressed. That thought then becomes, I'm noticing that I'm feeling depressed. Or depression is there. Hopelessness is there. Whatever is there. You are not those feelings. You are the thing having those feelings. Or you are the thing observing those feelings arising. It's a bit of a detachment there. But in terms of how to bring it up, it depends on your situation and who you're bringing it up with. You know, some situations obviously you don't, but if you know the person, if someone you know asks how you're feeling and you're not feeling great, you say, hey, I am struggling. I'm not feeling good. And you you get through the awkwardness. You get through the misunderstanding. You get through the cliched advice. And some people will have been there and will almost have been desperate or waiting for you to reach out because they're struggling too, or they have struggled, or they've seen your struggle and they know that they'll be able to talk to you about it. <sighs> You've just got to take that step. I'm sorry. It's 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 hard. Now, in, ter- in terms of safety, there's this other thing or this other risk or this other feeling that you don't want to be institutionalized. You don't want to be put into a place against your will. Now, legally, it depends on where you are. Most countries, unless you are taking actions that are risking your life or the lives of others or the physical harm or safety or whatever, they can't actually, quote, put you away, end quote, or like force medication upon you, right? Obviously, it depends on where you live and all of that sort of stuff. Um, but like, let's say I share with someone like, hey, I'm feeling suicidal. 
unless I choose to take action to seek help, they can't just call the doctor on me. So like in Australia, there's a crisis, a cat team, a crisis team. Um, and if, if someone called the crisis team on me and I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I just spoke to them saying, yeah, I'm fine. Like, I don't know what this person's talking about. Yeah, I'm struggling, but I'm, I'm sorting myself out. They couldn't do anything. Uh, but if they saw me overdosing or self-harming, then potentially they could. Same thing with emergency services. The reason I say this is that there's a lot of people are worried about reaching out or speaking or talking. Um, that people will just institutionalize them. And in some countries, there is that that risk. Um, you know, it's cultural, it's historical, and it has happened in the past. But, you know, so I can't say that things will or won't happen to you. But if you're listening to this podcast and you speak English, um, you're probably fine in that regard. It will cause people in your life to be concerned. But really, there is, there is something to be concerned about, right? <sighs> so yeah, speak. Make that choice and practice speaking. Practice speaking your truth. And if that truth is ugly, depressed, suicidal, that's your truth right now. My truth right now is that I'm on crutches and my foot fucking hurts. So I can't do the things I used to be able to do. It's just that people understand that more because they've all been there. Not everyone's been here. Or if they have, they haven't expressed it. Okay? So just, yeah, like I said... Tell me if I'm hitting the mark here, if you need more in-depth, deeper responses, and I'll give it to you. Anyway, let me know if this has helped, and if you want some more discussions or advice or ideas or feedback. And if I haven't hit the mark of what you needed to hear, ask me and I'll do a follow-up. Okay? Cheers.